it's normal. When, when it when it's a when it's a normal it's a normal thing. Um, so, uh, w- welcome. 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 Yeah, this I've already is... recorded. Oh my yeah, god! Yeah, I just started recording. Dude, this I, is the. S- I just dropped you in the deep end. No, no, no. There is no <laughs> deep or shallow. We're just in the end. We're we're both. Uh, I'm I'm. Lady Gaga, you can be Bradley Cooper, we can be in the shallow together. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Be- tell me yeah, something. <laughs> yeah. What was that movie? A bo- Star, is Star is Born. Born in the Fault in Our Stars. Yeah. And the Fault in Our <laughs> no, Stars. No, they're two different... They're two different c- films. Cinemas. <laughs> <laughs> There's a cinema called A Star is Born. A cinema called A Star is Born. Uh, hello, welcome to the podcast. My name's Jeff Bond. Welcome to with Jeff Bond. I'm joined... I guest? I have a guest today. <laughs> Who has not listened, so it doesn't really understand the vibe. It's, it's kind of crazy and wacky and zany. Anyway, my guest today is Concutus. Hello. He- hello. Here I am. Oh, that, that's the boring stuff. <laughs> I had to oh, take off, get it get it out of the way. Yes, spare me, please. <laughs> I know. The boredom. I know. you gotta you got to do it at the top of the podcast, because who else is going to do it? I mean, they could, pro- they'll probably just read the description. Yeah. And see that you're in it. They don't have to. Yeah. They don't need confirmation that this like, isn't a fake. Oh, con. that's con. Yeah. <laughs> They've not been. I, I'm. I was about to make a joke, but I feel like you've heard it many times before. Conned by con. Conned by con. I've, I've had a couple of con puns thrown at me in life. I have to say. Yeah. I do get uh, people saying, "Oh, you're conned," or like confused, or oh, stuff like they that. Get, they get elaborate with them. Yeah. The. I, the crowd favourite, I think, the one I've received the most often and the one that receives the most enthusiastic reaction yeah. is when people throw me with the hypothetical and they say, hey man, if your name's Con, if you had a brother named Dom, then together... What? Yeah, like high five, <laughs> then together, you'd be Condom. Is, did people do this to you? Yes, this has happened <laughs> legitimately more than once. The first time... Happen. Brother. Yeah, brother. <laughs> or sometimes people say if you had a friend named Dom. Yeah. But it's still the underlying like Fast idea. And Fury, if you were in Fast and Furious. Yeah. Dom Con- Toretto. <laughs> Con and Dom. <laughs> the first time I had it was in year seven. And I was like, fair enough. We're 12. Yeah. But I'm pretty sure the last time someone said it to me was last year. <laughs> <laughs> They're so- still hitting. Did, did, I guess were pe- did people make a lot of. Like con- uh, fucking puns with your name, like throughout, or was it just condom throughout like, my life? Your, you mean your childhood and life? Oh, Very for s- sure. Yeah. Even when I was in year four, my teacher, Mister Hargraves, what a what a legend! <laughs> shout, a, out. shout out, shout <laughs> out, Mister Hargraves. He used to love con puns. Really? He would get people to try and come up with more creative ones. And I'd egg it on because I'd be like, "Oh, cool! I'm getting, yeah. I'm getting people thinking about con. <laughs> You're getting your name out there in the zeitgeist. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You got to be in people's minds. So oh. I was really circulating in the uh, Toon Gabby Primary School <laughs> comedy circuit. That's ah, oh, because I I know you a little bit. Yes, and I know that you love linguistics. I do. Yeah. Do you think that this has any correlation or link? Yeah, probably. <laughs> Where I people mean, just like trying to make puns with your name, and you're like, I'm gonna make that into my career. <laughs> yeah, language and word related humor clearly has been part of my life from the beginning, and yeah, I, yeah, and I think I I enjoyed 
trying to see where people would go with the con pun. Yeah, there's a there's a lot. There's a lot of places to go. <laughs> I think my favorite way of doing it is just when people have a crack. I think like the only thi- note I would give is <laughs> <laughs> some banter notes. Yeah, banter notes. Is like just do the con pun, I reckon, because some people say, it. "Oh, you probably get them all the time." Like it's what like, I did at the start yeah, of the no, show. Yeah, just do it. Just go for just it. Full energy. Go. Yeah. It has it been one that you've been like, "Oh, I've never thought of that before." Yeah, often. I mean, because I don't. That'd be kind of weird if I sat around thinking about <laughs> puns for my own name. I mean, not I'd... to say that some comedians would. Oh yeah, they might actually. <laughs> some comedians would, because I, I I I have last name Bond. Yes. <laughs> So, do you think about Bond puns? I don't think about Bond puns, but the amount of times people come up to me saying, like, oh, have you, what, you shouldn't call your son James. Ah, uh, Or yeah. why didn't your parents name you James? James yeah. And I'm like, ah, oh, that's fun. That's not fun. Yeah. I feel like con, because it's a small part of a lot of words, yeah. has more creative potential than Bond. I feel like Bond, I can only really think of James Bond and... Bonds, the clothing, <laughs> the underwear. I mean, one that I have never heard before again. I heard once someone was like, Oh, if you had a sum, you should call it Ionic. <laughs> That's a very That's specific a, a, I don't scientific <laughs> chemistry <laughs> I reference. I have no idea what an Ionic bond is. <laughs> it's a chemistry like fusion of atoms, <laughs> kind of like wow. real nerdy things. And I was like, Iconic. <laughs> that is like the person that said you shouldn't call your son James. Yeah. The person who made the Ionic Bond joke is the guy who made the bon- the James Bond joke if he went to university. <laughs> <laughs> they like got learnt. <laughs> <laughs> the James Bond guy. <laughs> but yeah, you're really like more room for creativity and like the yeah. playfulness to it instead of just like I know a famous character with the same name as you. <laughs> yeah. Almost. Yeah, almost. I think, yeah, You. I can only think of those two for you, James Bond and Bond's underwear. Bo- Bond's underwear, yeah. I don't think there's... There's probably more. <laughs> mm. Roger Moore. Uh, <laughs> Roger Moore. <laughs> we're on all cylinders <laughs> here. I've seen, like, three James Bond films. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I didn't even think about that. I just thought it was about the fact that he's an actor. There's, there's two layers. Yeah. It's a pun. It's a multiple layered. Oh, my God. We got... This is layered comedy right now. We're really just really smart comedians. Oh, boy. You can say that. I don't know if I can say that. No? No, I don't I know. I think you're a smart guy. Oh, well, that's very lovely of you. Thank you. I I feel like... Yeah, I, I don't ever want to have that label really the I, smart label no it's, it's that seems like too much too much pressure like, and, and not an expectation I'd want people to have yeah you know I'd rather just people be like oh that might be funny yeah I don't know that oh I guess some people do like comedians because they think they're smart but y- or like intellectuals yeah I guess that's not what my taste is or how like the yeah. lens through which I view it, but I think, yeah, do people? I think people do do that, don't they? Like, oh, I, I love that comedian because they're so smart, or the way that they think is so different to other people that they really create a new perspective on things. Which I guess modern day philosopher, yeah, yeah, not to get wanky about comedy in the first in the first quarter. Yeah, I think 
yeah, yeah. But it, to go off that though, if you're saying someone has a different perspective and therefore that makes them smart, like I he, oh yeah, I don't know. I think having a different perspective might not be related to intelligence though. You know no, what I mean? Like yeah. sometimes I I like someone whose perspective is so different. It's not like wow, that's so intelligent. It's more yeah. like who who constructed <laughs> your brain? Like your yeah. brain is just so clearly wired differently to everybody else's. Like not to say that this is a dumb trait, <laughs> but someone who like casually eats poop has a different perspective on life. Yes. And but I, I wouldn't necessarily call that intelligence. Yeah, yeah. Feces for breakfast. He's a genius. Oh, what, what, what? Are you a breakfast guy? <laughs> Am I breakfast? Yeah, and a half. Yeah. Am I a breakfast guy? Yeah, feces for breakfast. I, what, what's your morning routine, pretty <laughs> You're much? You're responding to the last thing that's been said. Exactly, you know? <laughs> exactly. You um, just, as a professional podcaster. Um, yeah, no, I, I, I'm a breakfast idealist. <laughs> I think breakfast is a really good idea. Did did you did you have breakfast today? I did. Yeah, I had oh, yeah. two pieces of Vegemite toast. I would never, if I were to take a survey about if I have breakfast, I would say yes. I think it's so important, and I yeah. always feel better when I do have it. <laughs> but it's not always. No, I don't always have it because I'll either. Most commonly, I'll wake up in time for breakfast, and yeah. then I go, "Oh, I've got stuff to do," and then I yeah, and then I just start doing the stuff that I need yeah. to do, and I go, oh, "I'll eat breakfast later," and then, and then it becomes lunch. I, I yeah, I often wake up too late for breakfast. <laughs> yeah, that was the other. That was the alternative. That's the other way. Yeah, that's that's that the other way that you don't like sharing. <laughs> yeah, it is less common though, which is annoying because. But I often, that's with all meals of the day, to be yeah. honest, for me, is like, oh, I could eat now, or I could keep, I'm on a roll with this yeah. thing. Yeah. Yeah, I, basic things like eating and sleeping, I very often, I'm like, oh, but I'm, I'm writing a joke, or I'm... I need to just figure out this one last thing, I need to send this one last email. Yeah, and I'm a, I'm a bad emailer. I'm, oh, a, I'm a horrible emailer. I'm not, I'm not good at emails yeah. either, I can't. I'm I'm quite poor at it. <laughs> yeah, I think I'd like to hope that by the time my emails get out there, they're all right. It's just <laughs> I spend so long tweak tweak tweaking them. Yeah, twe- twe- I was like, what's that word? It's tweaking. Yeah, That's just right. little th- oh. little things. Just assessing it for politeness and <laughs> yeah, trying to balance. How many exclamation points can you actually put into an email? <laughs> yeah, you don't want to seem too excited. But I think the more you use them, the more disingenuous you might appear. <gasps> I use so many. <laughs> yeah, that's why I think you're fake, man. Yeah, <laughs> I just use exclamation. I'm I'm big into the exclamation point yeah, at the moment. I love them. I'm I'm doing the double at the moment. Oh, like, double exclamation mark! Not in an email. Funnily enough, never in an email. Yeah. messages though, texting, double exclamation mark yeah. or double question mark. But, but, yeah, uh, or I'll do the triple like question mark exclamation mark question mark. What? That's the, that one. Yeah, <laughs> it just has it's the question but with a little bit of spark. How yeah. does Con sign off an email? How do I sign off an email? I'm on many different answers to this yeah, question. Yeah, yeah. The I'm world a, wants to know. The world wants to know. I'm a kind regards man. I'm best regards. Best regards. <laughs> not saying I'm better. <laughs> yeah, I'm not saying your regards are better than mine, but clearly. 
Yeah. I think, oh, like best wish. Actually, I don't think I'm best regards. <laughs> I think I lied to you. I think I want to say best regards, but I always go with like much appreciation. Oh. Yeah. Oh, going with the gratitude angle. Yeah, much appreciation, Jed Bond. <laughs> oh, I like that. Much appreciation. I don't even know. Like, thank you for reading to the end of this email. <laughs> yeah. Unless they've skipped to the end, but... You... A false victory. <laughs> <laughs> but you're the type of people you're sending emails to, you wouldn't expect to be no, skimming. Yeah. exactly. Kind regards. Kind regards is a good one. I... I, I'm not too sure what it means, but I like it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I... My instinct, what I think is truest to me, would just be cheers. But yeah. I don't feel like I've arrived at a point where I can say cheers without appearing impolite. Yeah, oh, interesting. I feel like cheers... Cheers would be a weird thing to sign an email off, but I've, I understand being like, that's how I feel, though. <laughs> yeah, cheers is very pragmatic... And very direct. I equate uh, indirectness with politeness. Right. I think a lot of people do in the culture that we live in. Indirectness yeah. is politeness. So instead of, you know, I always use the word just. I use it a lot in emails. <laughs> instead of saying, I want this, I'll go, oh, hang on. I'll dampen it by saying, I was just wondering yes. if. Yes. <laughs> instead of saying, uh, I want this, can I have it? Yeah. Or... Uh, yeah, I, I think I use an I was wondering. I I, I was wondering if this is available <laughs> yeah. for me to have if you would like me to have it, please. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, you know, it's just funny that based on my email personality, I must spend hours a day wondering about things because <laughs> I always say, I was just wondering. Wondering if you have these dates free, potentially, maybe, was just thinking about. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't made a clear decision. No, it was just, it crossed my mind. I haven't spent, well, when you're looking for dates, you're really just like, no, I've thought about this. This is the best option for me. I really want this. This is the only thing I want. And you're just like, I was maybe wondering if you would be okay with, I don't know, maybe these dates. <laughs> Yeah, because, I mean, the few times, I think the more faith I have in myself as a comedian, the less I'm starting to do that hedging, that indirectness stuff. Yeah. But there's been a couple of times where I've got, you know what, I'm going to leave it out completely and just say, hi, um, I, I really need you to do this. Yeah. Could you please do it? And a couple of times when I've done that, I've received responses that were a bit, you know, a bit cold. So whenever yeah. I've tried to step out of that indirectness sphere... They've just gone like, sphere, go fuck yourself. Yeah, and then I go, okay, I'm not ready for that. It's like that bit in Back to the Future. You know, I've just stood up in front of the dance hall and instead of playing Johnny Be Good, I've just got up and said, could I have this? And then the crowd goes, what? This? And I goes... <laughs> I guess you guys aren't ready for that yet. Yeah, they just send you an email back on the stage. <laughs> just being like, no, I don't understand. <laughs> yeah, it is, I guess, as, as a creative, it is hard to just be like, no, I want this. Yeah. A lot. <laughs> yes. Yeah, and again, I have... It's not like I never... I never say that. It's that... Yeah, I'm apprehensive about saying that. And it is hard because there's definitely an argument on the other side of the fence that's like, no, you should behave the way, 
you should construct yourself how you want to be constructed. Like, yeah. if you want to be a comedian who is confident in themselves, and that's how you should behave, and that's how you should communicate. Yeah. But I don't feel comfortable acting like I'm further along than what I am. Yeah. I don't feel comfortable emailing like I can just demand things from people because I can't. Be- and it's so strange because it makes sense though because we are se- we're, we're both self-producing comedians. Yes, we're we're both self. Do you have a producer? I I've had producers in the past, but I'm self-producing at the moment. At the yeah. mo- and and as if you were to have a producer, I'm sure the producer's email would, would be like, "Con <laughs> wants this." <laughs> yeah, I remember. And that. that would people would be like, "Oh, that's a valid thing to have," but you can't email your th- yeah. in the third person. When you're self-producing. Yeah. So you kind of have to be like, I was just wondering. Yeah, that's so so true. That degree of separation is really helpful. Yeah. There are actually, a f- there's been a few times in that sort of administrative realm where I've been having issues and then I've got someone else to step in to help out and they're the person helping out gets way further than me. And I think yeah. it's purely because they're not the person in question. Yeah, they're yeah. not being like, I'm just a little comedian guy. Yeah. I'm wanting you to give me something. Yeah, they're it's... like, look, <laughs> I'm going to level with you. Yeah. Con wants this, can you do it? Yes. And then it goes like, oh, that's a, that's a valid question. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, nah, it's tough. It's tough to do that I want this. Yeah, I suppose that is still what you're saying, but you you're doing that indirectly. You mose you around and you make it seem like it's kind of not really, really important to you. Yeah, I try and is it because because uh, I think like I, I was just wondering, not that it doesn't sound desperate. <laughs> it sounds a less, little less desperate than like, I, but then I want is so confident. I'm not too sure. Yeah, I I'm <laughs> okay. If I appear confident, I just don't want to appear cocky. Yes, or entitled, or yeah, like I think I'm worth more than like, what I am. I expect this. It's like, no, I want this, and I'll be really gracious, gracious if you gave this to me. Yeah, but I want it. Still. Yes, <laughs> I want to be clear. I got, I got no. I don't think I'm entitled to anything. <laughs> you know, that should be my. Do you have a thing at the bottom of your email? You no. know those default things? No, nah, My I'm, one should be, I don't... Just so it's completely clear, <laughs> I do not believe I'm entitled to anything. And if that's not come I'm across... I'm a piece of shit. <laughs> I, Spit on my face. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, look, I wasn't going to go that far, but... Telephone number 04. <laughs> <laughs> like, just to set the tone right, being like, hey, I'm, I'm, I, ain't, I, I know I ain't shit, but... Well, you are shit. You, not as in, like, you are the shit. <laughs> <laughs> yes, important distinction. In life, you are, you either die, you either either die the shit or... <laughs> <laughs> you live long enough to be shit. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> long enough to see yourself become the shit. <laughs> no, become, become shit. Damn. Oh, wow. I love Batman. The Dark <laughs> I... I really like that movie. Really? I like... That whole series of movies. This is something that is a big shift in my life that's great and important. Oh. I, I'm i not like this anymore, but as a teenager, I started to not... I started to push things away that I really liked 
just because they were well liked. <laughs> I had whole, all these lists of movies and uh, artists and comedians that were that I loved. Yeah. That turns out most of the world likes as well. Because very likable things are yeah. liked. <laughs> yeah, but for some reason I was like, no, The Dark Knight is a bad movie. Pulp Fiction is a bad movie. Right. I don't like Fleetwood Mac. I don't... And I was like... And then, uh, yeah, I got over that reasonably quickly. But there was a period where I just denied that I liked that stuff. Yeah. But now I'm like... I think I've gone back the other way to be like, well, The Dark Knight is just it's such a beautiful, It's such a beautiful, fantastic film. <laughs> yeah, because it... Oh, it's great. I mean, I'm not the biggest fan of the... The, uh, the fandom surrounding the Joker. Yeah. I don't, I don't think that's... Uh, it's such an I think that's healthy. interesting thing liking a piece of media or anything, but you just don't like the fans <laughs> of that love Rick and Morty. It's actually, it's fun. It feels weird to say like Rick and Morty's a funny show. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't want to be associated with someone who thinks Rick and Morty is a funny show. <laughs> yeah. Even though in terms of the Venn diagram, you're in the same yeah. Venn diagram. But I'm like, oh, it is well written and Dan Harmon is a good creator of shows. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, how can you... How can you be like, I like this thing, but I don't love the fans. Yeah, that's why I think, more recently, I'm just comfortable going, nah, I, I know that I like it, and yeah. I know that I don't have to... Like, I can just like something, and I don't need to belong to a community that also likes that thing if I yeah. don't want to. yeah. You know? I don't have to be wearing the merch. I don't have to spend money, extra money, to be like, I'm going to put wear this out. Yeah. Because I, I remember, I think I used to be a little bit the same. I was so the same. as like, I don't like, if it's popular, I don't like it. Yeah, what a horrible way to live life. Because yeah. then you just, you miss out on so much fun. And because, like... And you have to keep up to date with what's popular to know that you don't like what's popular. So then... Yeah. You're just following what's popular, and you just decided not to like it. Yes, you're still for whatever reason. Yeah, you're still putting just as much effort in to stay on top of what's popular, but you're not reaping the benefit of enjoying that thing. Yeah, yeah. I used to do do that with music. I used to be like, I don't like any popular music. I, I only like Weird Al. <laughs> Only like Weird Al. Yeah, I went through an only like Weird Al music phase. Oh wow! Actually, I think I had one too, but. Not for these uh, artistically purist reasons, but because the first electronic device that I owned was an iPod. I don't even know what you call them, but nano? like the ones with the circly nano. Yeah, no the screen? circle thing. There was a screen. Still, it was one of the was, first ones with a screen, but I it still had the iPod. Yeah, just an iPod, not a nano. Yeah, it had it had a little screen, and the reason the screen is important because the only music that was on there was either Michael Jackson or Weird Al. And the only <laughs> videos that were on there were the Weird Al music videos. <laughs> so I had... They were good music videos. They were so good. <laughs> um, Eat It, oh, a classic. I like how you had only Michael Jackson-related stuff on your iPad, iPod, though. Yeah, because Even, my... like, Weird Al's, like, association with Michael Jackson. <laughs> yeah, my... Uh, Step grandmother, <laughs> such a weird term. I was say grandmother. Uh, yeah. She, yeah, she gave me this iPod, and she loved both Michael Jackson and Weird Al. That is and so lovely. I didn't know how to put anything on it, 
And this was back in the, the LimeWire days. Wow. I had, had, had it worked out how to use LimeWire. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I just had Michael Jackson and Weird Al. And I would listen to, you know, the Michael Jackson song and then the Weird Al parody. The Michael Jackson what a, song. What a mix. <laughs> so I had a nice and balanced viewpoint of those two artists because I would just listen to them. They're both valid artists in their own respect. Yeah, yeah. I'd watch the music videos back to back and sort of... It's like spot the difference. <laughs> like this one, he's fat. <laughs> <laughs> and this one, uh, he's... Not, not so fat. Not so fat, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, and I would only listen to it and be like, all of the music, shit. <laughs> really? But now I'm just like, I love every song ever made because someone made it and it's good. <laughs> Yeah? I haven't reached that level. That's a really zen position to arrive I at. like most music. Cause... Like most music? I reckon... No, you know what? I reckon I'm, I'm probably... I like quite a lot, like every wise. Every genre I'll be like, yeah, this this slaps. Even, yeah. co- even country I'll be like, yeehaw. That is... I was literally about to say the only genre I, I couldn't name you some songs that I really like in is probably country. Really? Yeah, I oh, I remember some like Shania Twain, Johnny Cash. Like. Uh, <laughs> I don't I don't know how I feel about. I was gonna say I don't know how I feel. I do know how I feel. I'm, you know what? I'm agnostic about country music. Yeah, this I, is, I just got a little boot scooter in my heart, and I just don't know what to do about it. <laughs> like, <laughs> That's this. a good album <laughs> title. Jet Bond, boot scooter in my heart. <laughs> I'll release a country album. That's what it'll be called. Yeah, <laughs> boot scooter in my heart. <laughs> I. Yeah, I'm agnostic in the sense that I believe good country music exists and I'll yeah. believe it when when I hear something that provides evidence that yeah. I enjoy it. I Yeah, even like... There's some 80s thrash metal that I think is really fun to listen to. Yeah. It gets you fired up. That's good. I mean, yeah. Like, I, every other genre, I can think of stuff. What I'm listening to a lot of at the moment... Is um, is James Brown? James Brown. He made so much music. Really? He made multiple albums a year for like forty years. Holy shit! And like the way he creates stuff is inspirational because it's just funny. Like you can tell he went in with like a skerrick of an idea, <laughs> and that's all any of his songs are. It's just... like the most basic. Just but, scarics of ideas and then just, like, blasting them out. Yeah, and he had such a good... Always music, good musicians working with him. Yeah. And he would be really, really rude to them, apparently. But they'd just jam for, like, ten minutes with, like, really, really basic chords and people would just solo over the top. And he'd just release album upon album of really, really long, repetitive jams and sometimes shorter ones. And, like... The titles of the albums just make me laugh because they're the most basic <laughs> titles. One of them is called... Like loving in the Air. <laughs> That's... I mean, that could be good. That actually could you be the title arrived. of one. Oh, <laughs> thank you. Wow, we just found out. We've been stationary this whole time. And we're, Oh, thank you, Google Maps. In a car. We have arrived at the James Brown section of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> That's what Google is telling us. It's like, you've made it, guys. <laughs> uh, so you're going to want to start at emails and then take a right turn through uh, <laughs> being a self-producing artist. And, and then, like, Breakfast Town, you got to go through there. <laughs> Make sure you get 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 your fiber for the day. <laughs> yeah, and then um, yeah, right turn through uh, 
uh, I don't know, music taste. Things being popular, and <laughs> you've yeah. arrived at James Brown. James Brown. Oh, well, my God. My, I mean, he's got a lot of albums. I never like any of his albums in full, because he released so much. There's yeah. so many songs that are just filler and nothing. <laughs> but in every album, there's a couple of good songs in there. He's got an album called... Um, What's it called? Oh, what was the one that really made me laugh? So he's got one called I'm Real, <laughs> which is funny. But the, my favourite one is called Jam 1980 <laughs> or Jam 1980s or something. And it oh came out God. in 1979. <laughs> <laughs> Getting ahead of the curve. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to find it. Yeah. He Jam had- 1980s. 1978. <laughs> <laughs> Two years ahead. Oh my god, the original Disco Man. Take a look at those cakes. <laughs> People. Yeah, he's got an album called People. Oh my god. Hot. Hot. <laughs> Hell. Sex Machine Today. Reality. So he's got an album about people. Is this a Reality. Is, Hell. Is Slaughter's Big Ripoff? <laughs> a movie? <laughs> yes, he did film scoring. Oh, that's, oh, that's cool. Hot Pants Expanded Edition. <laughs> There's so much juice in that. <laughs> yeah, you got the Hot Pants... Uh, Extended Edition. The, the belt's been loosened on those Hot Pants. <laughs> yeah, I just... That stuff's inspirational because you can really overcook an idea, but if you're naming albums People, Hell, yeah. Reality, Hot Pants, he's really just staying at the... You know, he's... He's staying grounded. Yeah. He's not thinking too hard about it. There's another artist, and I can't remember his name right now, but he's released like 7,000 songs or something. And I can't remember his name, oh, and he releases so much music. Um, Buckethead. Bucket? Marshmallow? Maybe there's, <laughs> no. another, there's another person that... I think there might be multiple people. But there's an artist called Buckethead who does like shreddy guitar stuff, who I'm pretty sure releases... Yeah. He might have a record of some sort uh, for the most amount of music released. Yeah, maybe. I he I, I just know that this guy makes all of his songs himself. Oh, I'm trying to think of his name, and I can't find it. And this is going to be very... Uh, it, it, I can't remember his name, but he's like... He just makes all of his music in his garage, and he just releases like 7,000 songs, and then like... They're so good. He, like, releases a song a day, almost. Wow. Does he have a big following? I I think he's quite underground. My, maybe literally. Right. He's got, like, a big beard. That's all I can remember. And I can't remember. I have a bunch of his songs in my playlist, but I just can't remember his name. And yet, I do find that really inspiring. Because sometimes, like, you're f- it, it's sometimes your first idea is the best one. Yeah. And... I struggle with taking too long on a project until I fall out of love with it and then, or overproducing something. Yeah. And something becomes over rehearsed and then you just lose what it was naturally. Yes. Which is something that you can take into comedy. Yes, for sure. Yeah, and that's why I do, I'm not sure what the equivalent would be of those artists who've released 7,000 songs. In comedy, maybe someone who just writes and performs a lot of jokes yeah. is the closest thing. But it's harder because it's harder to officially publish a joke. Yeah. Or is it like those comedians who just get up onto stage with no plan, talk about what they were doing in their day, and they're just, as a human being, so naturally funny that they just turn stuff into like some jokes and they can like 
do all that. There are some out there that do. Just yeah, I don't yeah. know if they're in Melbourne. There, there are there are people in Melbourne who who turn, who churn out heaps of material in that way. Yeah, for sure. I think yeah, it's just because when do you define a bit as published? I guess. I mean, you could also count people who tweet. Yeah, or TikTok every day. Yeah. Could, I'm, I'm trying to do that TikTok every day stuff. It's not easy. It's not easy? Yeah. I don't necessarily like doing it, but I'm trying to beat the algorithm. Yeah. I'm going to beat it down. How, how are you going? I'm on like day two and I already d- want to quit. Day two. <laughs> day two of every day. Making a TikTok. Because you, you've, you've, you've made some TikTok. I've made TikTok. a few. Yeah. I never did it consistently. I One day I might. Yeah. Um, but I... I've never tr- attempted to do it every day. Because uh, it's like quality. I guess this is the age-old question of quality over quantity. Yeah, I think... Because you can make four TikToks a day every day for a month, and by the end of that, you'll probably get some sort of following. Yeah, <laughs> maybe. I don't know. I mean... Just with the algorithm, the way the algorithm works. Yeah, I think... If you do like all the popular sounds, all the popular like trends... Yeah, I reckon... You could swallow everything and just be like, okay... I reckon what's more important, and again, I don't have a leg to stand on because I I haven't really done this yet. Yeah. But from what my observation is, and w- yeah, what I'd aim to do if I were to try to do it properly, is I think it's more important for that sort of content to be about you. Yeah. I don't think I don't think making a TikTok or a Instagram reel with a well-known sound that gets heaps of views means anything because it's got nothing yeah. to do with who you are. Like, You're just the vehicle almost yeah. for the aesthetically pleasing song or whatever. Yeah, so those, the people, even if it gets a million views, those million people aren't being like, wow, look at that individual. <laughs> They're like, oh, this reminds me of the other time I heard this sound, <laughs> which that's not doing much for you yeah. as a as a, a comedian or an artist or whatever. So as I a think creator. Yeah, a creator. So I Yeah, I I think it's more important to make videos that showcase what makes you you. Yeah. Which that's I know it's a corny saying, but it's true. Like the people who are doing really well that I can think of, like they make videos that showcase the lens through which they yeah. view the world and people like Emma Holland for example is doing quite well on TikTok recently oh really yeah I'm in, and like Aurelia Aurelia Sinclair yes yeah. with the Melbourne Town reviews yeah 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 I have seen those yeah it's everything they capture like the essence of who Aurelia is yes exactly. in a single TikTok same with Emma Holland yeah that makes so much sense that's a good marriage actually the what Aurelia does with the town reviews because yeah that's the other element is you want to do something that showcases who you are but if you can also tap into something that relates to the viewer as well genius bit so if you're reviewing towns that showcases what your lens is but also there's an audience for it already because there's people who live in that city you're like oh I've been to that town and Aurelia is just as like funny being who they are and it's just like so fun to watch yeah yeah so that's why I don't see as much value in just finding a popular sound and then yeah doing the thing that everyone does to it because because 
there are also a lot of comedians out there who go fuck TikTok. It's it, if you're you're not a real comedian, <laughs> if you're doing tic, if you're getting TikTok famous or whatnot, like oh they're just a TikTok comedian. Yeah, I mean, which I, is, it feels like there's less of them now. I think a lot of people are starting to respond to to TikTok as a medium. But yeah, there's probably still people out there who yeah. think like that. I I think that's changing though. I think from what I can see anyway, um, there's an increasing amount of people who are responding to the digital world in the real world. Yeah. Like real yeah. world opportunities turn to look at TikTok and respond to that. Yeah. And I guess, like, even, like, Sydney Comedy Fest did, like, TikTok live streams every other night. Yeah, they did do those, yeah. Yeah, so I get... I, I'm seeing more and more of the benefit of doing TikTok mm. as a creator, but it is also, like, how much effort do you put in? Because your TikToks, are, you put a lot of effort into. Yeah, the ones that I have done. Yeah, even though... And they're very fun, and I enjoy them. Oh, well, thank you. Yeah, they're not very high tech but there's still I still did a lot of takes which I think is something that if I were to try and do it again I think yeah. I'd try to try to change the input to output ratio I think I could have yeah could have gotten away with doing less takes and it wouldn't the output wouldn't have been that yeah. badly affected that's the thing with uh internet culture I guess At the, you put you can put a lot of effort into something for someone to watch for 30 seconds which yeah. is how much do you spend on getting that person's attention for 30 seconds? How much energy do you put into, if any? <laughs> yeah, I think the opening image is important in that sort of stuff. Yeah. You know what I've noticed? I feel like, and this is why it's relevant to me, because I'm trying to buy a new phone, and it's like <laughs> in the back of my mind. an iPhone 6? Yeah, I have an iPhone 6. It's got breaking. so... Yeah, it's breaking. It's got <laughs> such little storage on it that important apps are deleting themselves from my phone. Don't know how you survive. Yeah, it's like I'm on a burning ship and the the sailors that are on are jumping (laughs) off. But instead of sailors, it's my ANZ banking app. (laughs) And gmail.com. And gmail (laughs) and uh, some messaging apps that I go to use. Oh, my Maps app when I drive crashes sometimes, (gasps) which is a funny thing to say when you're talking about a car, but it's true. It... (laughs) I was on the way to um, a test show to give some feedback that I was really excited for. And then the Maps app didn't... So when it crashes, you know, the app quits and I can see that that's happened. So I can't touch it though. I can't... Yeah, so I have to pull over and start the app again. But on this occasion, the map just froze and I had two kilometers to go. And I was like, oh, this two kilometers has taken a little while. And I drove like 15 minutes. I drove about 15 minutes before. I don't know why it took me so long to realize that the distance wasn't getting smaller. (laughs) Um, You were just like, wow, this car's really slow. Yeah, what's going on? The world's just not moving. (laughs) The world's not moving. Yeah, so all that's happening and I'm trying to buy a new phone because I feel like a lot of content relies on how good the quality of the camera is. 
I think yeah, it do- people don't really care if something's on a tripod or if it's not. They don't really care no. if it's a bit wobbly. I think people do care about the overall picture quality, though. I think people... They might not care actively. Subconsciously, though, they'd be like, yeah, how much effort am I going to go into watching this? Yeah, <laughs> it's totally subconscious. Sometimes I'll see something that's really funny or interesting, but the camera quality is really bad. Right. And I'll be like, if this was filmed on a better camera, I'm sure it would go so much better. Yeah. yeah it is definitely subconscious. Um, but yeah, it's funny what's prioritised. I reckon uh, the camera stability is not that important. People don't seem to mind. I mean, yeah. again, I don't know you why can, I'm talking can, about this because I haven't done you it. You can do like a selfie recording. Yeah. People just don't care if you're just like, hey, what's up? I, I don't know why I'm doing actions on a podcast. But... Yeah. <laughs> Uh, just for the uh, visual aid, uh, Jet picked up the phone and started wobbling it to indicate that the stability of the camera was not that important. Yes. Thank you. Yes. For <laughs> audio subtitle. Yes, that's what they're called. Yeah. <laughs> audio description. I. About audio description, I think that stuff's really important, although. Yeah. I. Maybe the next time I make a show, I'll have to make it a bit differently to make that possible. Yeah, cause because your last show. Yeah, my was last show. Very, it's, it's amazing sounds. Yeah, but it's almost all audio. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, I have close to five hundred sound cues. So I remembered yeah. when I was filling out some forms for Fringe about accessibility. One of them yeah. was like audio describing it. I thought that person would be. Breaking a sweat <laughs> during my yeah. show. Yeah, your your show half half steam ahead. Half steam ahead. Yeah. Check it out when it's on next. Yeah, yeah, it'll be on at Melbourne we'll, Fringe. We'll plug we'll plug it again later. Oh yeah, sure. Oh, no, we'll do I, a plug. Yeah, I really I wasn't even bringing it up. For I know, it. I saying, know. Five hundred sound cues, though, but don't you want to hear each of them, <laughs> listener? Uh, well, this is number seven. <laughs> Yeah. It probably is number seven, isn't it? Uh, I don't even know what number seven would be. <laughs> I'd have to... Yeah, it's been a little while since I've done it. But yeah, audio describing. Yeah. I think that's important, but just... It's yeah. hard because we're uh, new uh, in our yes. careers and self-producing, so it is harder to come into contact with them. But I feel like every single person would be like, no, I would want one if I could find and afford and yeah. uh, and do all that stuff. Yes. Definitely. Because we don't like ticking no on that box. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it doesn't feel too good. I'm trying to think of what would be the most accessible show. Maybe... I, maybe. I don't f- think you can have a too accessible show uh, in Melbourne. Because I don't know what the, the theme of Melbourne is, but it's no comedy, theatre, or entertainment on a ground floor of anything. <laughs> oh, yeah, basements and attics. Basements and attics and only stairs to get everywhere. I don't know what it is about Melbourne's yeah. theatre, everything. Yeah, true. There are a lot of stairs. There are a lot of... What the heck? Yeah, what is... almost every... This is not a... I'm not targeting a specific venue or doing anything like that, but there are just... And, and I can't help it. These buildings do not have elevators for some Godforsaken yeah. reason. I'm really, because I was thinking about the. This fact is not that a the lot venue's them, fault. No, no, no. A lot of them are in basements, but now I think about the ones that aren't in basements. There's a lot on the second go, floor. You have to go up the stairs. Yeah, what the heck is going on there? I think it's because I have no idea why, but maybe I think that's just like I don't think that's unique to Melbourne though. I feel like a lot of theatre spaces they're like 
you don't want it to be on the first floor. Yeah. Potentially because like you get like a lot of street noise in a basement. You can control the volumes easier. Yeah. And I, the benefit of having it in a basement is that you don't have to compete with the bar. Yeah. Because that's... I mean, on one be- hand, it's annoying. On the other hand, it is kind of funny <laughs> <laughs> to compete with a bar. To ha- yeah, that is always an interesting one when people get up midway through your show to get a drink. <laughs> yeah, and you're just watching them you know, exchange the cash or tap the card. One time I was performing at a... It was actually a music open mic. This is the 15-minute one? No, this was another one. I've <laughs> you, done a couple of these. Why yeah. do you keep putting yourself yeah. through Yeah, no, it's good. You develop. It's great. You learn. I, yeah, I did one yeah, in good. Bayswater where I bombed for 15 minutes uh, to people, to families of people who were there to watch their children play <laughs> cover songs, like 15-year-olds. Yeah. And then I got up and, you know, tapped on the mic and was like, hey, I got some jokes. And that one was fine. Well, it was bad because I bombed because the families just wanted to support their children. But that's... But it wasn't too disruptive. Yeah. That's kind of one of the cases where you're just like, oh, that was the audience. They weren't wanting comedy slash me at that point. Yeah. And I, that's valid. <laughs> it is valid. I mean, I pretty much always try to take responsibility for bombing. I yeah. try not to say it's anyone's fault other than mine. Uh, yeah. Which maybe, yeah, maybe you might say like, you got to be kinder to yourself. But I, I like the feeling of, oh, I'm growing because it's yeah. always my fault. I think what I could have done differently would just to have probably not done the full 15 minutes. Yeah. And I had all only new material that I wanted to try. <laughs> so I yeah. probably should have done stuff that I'd done before. Some tried and tested to win them on board. Yeah, um, and even if that didn't work, I mean, I mostly, I was pretty casual and just yeah. chatting to them, <laughs> just chatting to them, like, hey, oh, did you get up before? Oh, what did you play? Oh, I love that song. Oh, crazy. <laughs> yeah, this other time I performed at an open mic, a music open mic, this is a different one. Yeah. This was worse, but funnier, because <laughs> the bar staff were actively working during my set. And they were shaking cocktails. Oh, the loudest drink. Yeah, so when I was, like, about to land at the end of a joke, it was like, and then he turns to me and says, (laughs) Oh, no! And I have a recording of it somewhere where you can hear that really, really loudly. And for whatever reason, it was nighttime, but people were ordering coffee. (laughs) So they were making... stay awake? Uh, yeah, but th- there's a beer garden outside, which is not where I was performing. Oh, and they the, were doing like the... Yeah, yeah. So they had this really loud, yeah, sound. <laughs> but then it's the thing that like does the milk. <laughs> yeah, the milk froth up. Yeah, yeah. So I had like, I had... And then... <laughs> and then that as well. And I remembered that happened like... It, at the worst moments, they really didn't try to link up with me, which I guess is not their yeah. job. They just need to make the stuff they've been asked to make. But it was hilarious because every time I'd try to gain some momentum, I would get either the cocktail or the coffee machine or the, the milk frother. <laughs> and 
it was a weird feeling to get to the end of a 90 second bit and the reward was like (laughs) and initially i was like hey that's almost as good as a laugh i mean hey uh, it's like steaming back there i'm steaming they're hot the crowd's hot the coffee's hot and i tried to be like oh it's nearly laughter it's like i can't believe it's not laughter (laughs) (laughs) and then but then when it kept happening yeah Frustrating. There wasn't much I could do about that one. Yeah, so the, when you're competing with the bar, sometimes it's funny. <laughs> but I think if I were to try and do a whole hour show where that was going on, I probably would, would cry. Yeah, I wouldn't have a good I, time. I, I guess back on the uh, blaming an audience. Yeah. I think you can't blame an audience in the moment. If you're on stage and blaming oh. an audience... Oh yeah, big faux pas. Yes, in comedy. absolutely. But because I, I think I, I believe it is the, the comics' almost responsibility to win an audience over, even if they're not being kind. <laughs> you got to yes. win an audience over when you're there, and if then, but you got to be like, look, I wasn't going to win that fight. I clearly have not won. Yeah, I it's think... not on me. I try. I did everything in my belt to win, and I didn't. Yeah, it's not my fault. It's the audience's. But you can You cannot. Because yeah. the second you blame the audience on stage, there's no way you're going to win. Yeah, I there's try... more of them. Yeah, I definitely try not to tell the audience that I don't think they're a good audience. I try <laughs> not to... I don't think I say that. I also... I've been in rooms where people have tried and it's yeah, not comfortable. <laughs> no, it does make them uncomfortable, for sure. And I also am not the biggest fan of saying when something's not going well. Like, yeah. not, even not Oh, even, that didn't go well? Yeah. That or, joke didn't land? Yeah, I don't I don't like that so much, which I guess that's a preference thing because some people like to do that so that they acknowledge that something's failed. So they're like, yeah. hey, audience, I'm not an idiot. You thought that was shit and so did I. Yeah. We're on the same side. But I, I've noticed sometimes when I do that, I just fall into a rut where I just keep doing it and yeah. the only thing that's getting laughs is me commenting on stuff that's not working. I mean, yeah. I haven't done that for a while because it's a habit I'm, I've tried to train myself yeah. out of. But that's why I don't like commenting on how I think something yeah. is going. Because you could think you're bombing and you're not. Yeah. Because you can be like, oh, that didn't work. And people come up and they're like, hey, that, I don't know what you were talking about up there. <laughs> Everyone was enjoying it, but you don't hear, like, the laughter you were expecting to hear. Yeah. But everyone's, like, either quietly laughing or just going, like, I like this. Yeah. <laughs> Smiling. I, mean, I, You know, you get paranoid that when people say they liked it afterwards that they didn't mean it. But I've definitely seen other people yeah. be funny and then they keep saying, oh, this is terrible. And I'm watching them being like, no, it's not. Yeah. It's fine. And then you go, like, is this terrible? And you don't want to install that thought yeah but the more that the person on stage is like this is shit the more you're like yeah maybe this is shit i think this is shit yeah but i've definitely been in audiences of single digit size (laughs) before yes uh you know both in front of them and as a part of them and whenever you whenever you're in those situations if someone gets on stage and goes nah this is great (laughs) like i'm normally inclined to agree with them you go no this is great this is so cool. This is sick. I remember, yeah, I've done music over mics in to, you know for fifteen minutes and competing with coffee machines and 
uh, cocktails. I also did a gig at a bowling alley once in the room where... The loudest of the indoor sports. Yeah. Well, they were nice enough to put the gig in the room where people try the shoes on. (laughs) Holy shit. (laughs) So it was... But it had really wide glass windows surrounding the whole thing. So you can see in and out of it. That's like a Black Mirror kind of episode. Yeah, so it's not an enclosed... It's enclosed room in terms of it has walls, but everything's glass. So you can see all ten lanes. Holy (laughs) shit. And all ten lanes of bowling can see you in this little room with a microphone. That's like a zoo enclosure. (laughs) Yeah, it was a bit like that. Or like the pet store or something. Yeah. Yeah, so that was... But I brought that up because... I did that really early into stand-up. And I remember I thought while I was there, oh, this is so shit. Because by the time I got it, it was only comedians in the the shoes room at a bowling alley. And people were bombing and you could just hear like clunk. (laughs) People. (laughs) Yeah. Strike. Yeah. (laughs) You know, or people, someone throws a gutter ball and friends go, oh, you fucking idiot. So you're hearing that in the background, but someone got up and was like, "Nah, this is great. This is this yeah. is sick." And then it is. It's it, from an outside perspective, I'm like, "That that's such a cool story." Yeah, but for the five minutes that he was on stage, I thought, "Yeah, this is good. This is yeah. hilarious. why am I not just appreciating how ridiculous this is?" Exactly. And then as soon as he got off stage, and the next person got on and was like, "Oh, this is shit." I started to be like, yeah, this yeah. is this is terrible. You gotta have the the, the outside eye of just being like, oh, this is a, such a crazy thing we're going through right now together as comedians. How cool! Yeah, I remember. That, that's why I like that guy who was confident because he was like, hey, this is the community, and I, I feel like everyone who was like, this is shit is like batting for themselves. Yeah, because when you're batting for yourself in that situation, it's shit. But if yeah. you're like, hey, where fucking look at this. <laughs> yeah, it's a good, I don't know, I suppose it's a mindfulness exercise. Like, it is what you want it to be. And sometimes, not all the time, sometimes you can force it into a positive outcome. Yeah. If you just approach it like, nah, this is great. It's so good. Yeah, I, I remember I, I that stayed with me. And there's been a couple of gigs where the atmosphere in the room has been terrible. Yeah. But in my head, I'm like, nah, this is great. And then... <laughs> I get up and it is great. Yeah. But, yeah, it's still a learning curve because sometimes... It is hard to get into the headspace when you're not there. Yes, and sometimes if you truly aren't there and you try to look like you're there, then it, that's obvious. Like, yeah. sometimes I can get myself in that state where I'm like, no, nah, this is great, and I actually feel good on stage Fuck and yeah. the audience is like, oh, this guy thinks this is great. Yeah. This is great. But... On the other hand, there's been times where it's a bad atmosphere and I try to appear like, this is great, but in my head I'm like, no, it's not. And the audience can see that. Yeah. So... I don't want to lie to this audience and being like, I'm having a great time. Yeah. So sometimes you can shift your mood and sometimes you can't. Yeah. Uh, But I, I think more and more I am able to generally make myself believe that this is the best gig ever. <laughs> or at least not. you can be like, this is going to be a shit gig, but I will tell, I can, I'm able to tell this story later. Yeah. And it's, it'll just be funny that I've done it 
I mean, what's another one? I've done a couple where... Yeah, where I haven't... Like, when you go to these other open mics... Because the reason I go to other open mics that aren't always comedy is because they often have crowds at them. Yeah, open mic right. comedy is not open mic comedy is not something that will draw a big crowd. But no. if it's open mic music, it might because people, people are like, just people like music. Yeah, it's in the background. But with those sorts of things, people don't always get introduced because like guitar man just has to walk up and start playing. He doesn't yeah. need to go. Welcome to the stage, me. I'm gonna play guitar. He just yeah. Starts. Us comedians, we have a huge ego that needs to be fulfilled. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know if it's ego. No, for it's me. definitely it's not. It's more like just <laughs> you need an energy to run on, so you can just like ride the wave through your set. Yeah, so it's funny. It's a good challenge to try and create that for yourself when yeah. it's just silent, and then you just have to walk up and go, "Hey." <laughs> What's and now for a different energy <laughs> completely. Yeah. You can't Yeah, I mean sometimes I say, Oh, you could you can have me on in the background just like the music. I'll be like <laughs> I'll know. be like listening to a podcast while you're driving or something. Uh-huh, yeah. <laughs> like people might be doing right now. Uh, don't crash. Be, don't crash. And I hope <laughs> I sincerely hope your maps app does not freeze. Does not freeze. Nah. Do you have any do you have any pre show rituals or Yes, I do. Ooh. I since I Juicy. was thirteen years old, yeah. I have done the same thing <gasps> before every performance oh, I've shit. ever done in my whole life. I don't know this. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's really, really simple. Right. But when I was thirteen, I was in a school play. Uh, I played the rat <laughs> in the Wind in the Willows. Yes, that was my first. Uh, on stage role Sick. in primary school I think we did Jesus plays but <laughs> they cast the same kid every year as Jesus and I never got any lines I'm sorry I took that role from you yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> son of a gun yeah that was me <laughs> yeah Jet Jesus Jet so my first speaking role in my life was when I was 13 and I was I was pretty nervous about it actually yeah I don't get as nervous now but I was really nervous when I was 13 yeah and you're 13 you're there's so many other things happening to you. Like, getting on stage is such an insane thing. Yes. So, it wasn't even my drama teacher. It was this student intern drama teacher who pulled me aside. I was like, you seem nervous. Are you nervous? I was like, yeah, I'm so oh. nervous. And it must have been 10 or 15 minutes long, but he led me through this mindfulness exercise of this oh meditation. God. There were so many details, but it's like... It's like... That game of telephone where the details slowly get lost the more you repeat something. Yeah. So it was about 15 minutes long, but the key thing is that you're in the dark and you close your eyes and you see a a line of light, yeah. like a, a vertical line of white light yeah. in the distance. And you start walking towards that thin vertical line of white light. And maybe it's far away, maybe it's close, and the closer you get to it, you can hear like white noise, like this soft fuzzing the closer yeah. you get to the white light. And the white light gets clearer and clearer the closer you get. And you can hear this fuzzing get louder the closer you get to it. And then you start trying to touch the light and you feel, oh, there's wood because you're touching a door. And yeah. basically the thing is you open the door and you feel yourself be bathed in the white light. 
and then you feel ready to go on stage. And it sounds so wanky. Yeah, no, it's amazing. That. But, no, can't. <laughs> it's not but, wanky at all. But every time before I do anything, I just do it in 10 seconds. I'm like, I close my eyes, I am in the, in the dark, I see a thin vertical white light, I walk towards it, I feel a door, I open the door, and then I'm bathed in white light. Oh, and wow. I, I realised recently that that's... That mimics walking onto stage because of the light. Yeah, yeah. I honestly did not. I've been doing it <laughs> for nearly 10 years. Yeah. And I just, because it's habit now. Yeah. Even if I'm about to perform to four people, I still, before my so name gets called. Open mic nights, everything. Yeah, I close my eyes, I walk towards the light, I feel around, I open the door, and then I'm bathed in white light. And then I feel not as worried. Yeah. <laughs> That's so cool. Is it? I feel yeah. Like it sounds a bit wacky, but... No, I love that. Do you have a ritual? Not really. Oh, that's... No, let's ignore that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I don't really have a ritual, really. The la- I mean, one of the last gigs I did, I was a bit nervous for... I was getting nervous, and I was like, oh, shit, I'm a bit nervous. And then I remember, I heard something on another podcast that was like, oh, when, I, they, when they got nervous, they were like... They asked them a quest- themselves a question, being like... Mm-hmm. Have you done everything you can to prepare for this? And I was like, yeah, I've done everything I can to prepare for this. And then it's just like, well, then done. <laughs> everything else that happens right now is out of your control. Wow. And I wish I could remember who said that. <laughs> yeah. Well, props to them. <laughs> that's that's yeah. pretty useful. Does that work for you? Did yeah. You I, I, I was just like, I'm, ner- I'm like, have I done everything? Y- y- yeah. I couldn't have done anything else to prepare right now. Yeah. So I'm good to go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah, right? That is cool. It's, it seems so simple, but you're just like, oh, yeah, stupid. I'm ready. <laughs> yeah, I think... If I forget a line, oh, no, that I was going to always forget that line, you know? Yes, yeah. Or that line wasn't important enough for me to remember, so next time I'll just, like, cut that line out. Yeah, yeah, that's super pragmatic. I think... Yeah, it's interesting what works for different people. For yeah. me, that one isn't as effective. I mean, also because I've I've done the same yeah. thing for so long. And if that works, yeah. fucking keep at that. <laughs> yeah, that'll probably what I do f- be what I do forever. Yeah. But that question, have you done everything you can to prepare? I or mean, is there anything else you could have done? Well, if you're like, oh, well, I could have done more. And you're like, well, you should have done more. Too late. Go on stage. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, oh, well, then it's too late. I can't do anything else now. I gotta go on stage. Yeah, so the the outcome's still the same. Yeah, yeah. I tend to really, really work work myself close to death oh, no, whenever I make something. Yeah, so I'm. But it's funny. I always have that feeling of, oh, maybe I could have worked. Yeah. Harder, but then I think, how could I physically? How could I possibly have worked yeah. harder? So yeah, that question doesn't work as much for me because I'm always like. Valid. No, you could always be better. <laughs> but in the weeks leading up to um, the show that I did this year... Half steam ahead. Yeah. I. There was a period where I was awake for 72 hours. Fuck that business. Yeah. And it's not because the show was made at the last minute. No. Like, no the show no. was already ready, but I wasn't happy with it. Right. So it would have... The, it, the, I had a show to perform in like February yeah. and it happened in April but it just kept nagging at me that it wasn't as good as it could be so you're doing all these small little tweaks I guess, oh or? big tweaks big tweaks yeah there was like maybe 25 minutes to half an hour that completely changed between really? February and April yeah 
because I did a test show and I did, I just really hated it. Interesting. Yeah. And a lot of people gave me good feedback and were really polite about it, but I knew that I, I didn't like it. Really? So, but that's why that question, have you done everything you can? When I did that test show, I was like, yes, I have. Yeah. But then there was still a nagging feeling that I hadn't. That you could still... There's some stuff that you would like to change. Yes. Yeah. Right. Do you like to... About preparing, do you like to go and look at a venue before you perform in it? Like, not if you're doing a whole hour when you're selling tickets, but if you're just doing a gig somewhere. I have... I usually just rock up. I'm like, all right. Because a lot of the Melbourne gigs, you've kind of most likely been to the stage before. Yes. I guess now I'm more like, I would rather see the show first, see what the vibe is like, and then I'll do it the week after, or like I'll message the person about doing the gig the next week. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. I, I like to see the vibe of the show, but then I've done also. I've also not done that. I've also just gone like, "Fuck it, yeah, sure, I'll do that. I'll, I'll go. I'll go do this. See, see how I feel." Yeah, I generally. I think I generally like to. To see. The space. Yeah, I Even like just that. Little Google on, on Google Images. Yeah, I like to have a look, although that is, yeah, I think earlier I was really pedantic about doing research about what a thing looked like. Real, okay. But now, yeah, now, now it's almost like I've changed my mind. Yeah. I thought I was someone who liked to see what a space looked like, but now I st- I've started to do gigs interstate and stuff where it's not as easy to go yeah. and look at it before you go. Yeah. Um, and even with, I started doing trivia hosting and yeah. you fill in for people who get sick. So you're, you have to go there and set all these cords up at a place that you've never been to. God. So nightmare. Yeah. That, that value is definitely changing, yeah. but I like to, I like to get there a bit early before I perform just to be there. Yeah. Oh, I'm definitely like, if I'm not half an hour early, I'm late. <laughs> Yeah. If I'm on time, I'm late. <laughs> yeah. I I am someone who arrives late often, but I don't like it. Yeah. <laughs> so I... You know, what I mean? you know how some people who are late all the time, and they're like, no, nah, man, like I don't yeah. need much time to prepare. I just jump in. Whereas right. I'm like, nah, if I'm late, I normally don't feel great. No, it's not a good night for me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm, I, I don't like being late at all. Yeah, no. you were very on time for this <laughs> for this podcast. Thank you. I pride myself. But also another thing I find about going on stage, I don't know if you feel, I can't eat before I perform. But how long do you how long before do Well, you like eat? I can have breakfast. Uh-huh. So breakfast. say you're performing at 7:30. Yeah, I'll I might have lunch. Really? Yeah. <laughs> when when would you eat breakfast probably? Oh, like t- nine, ten, or something, and then I might have lunch, maybe not, and then I'll just go. I'll go and perform. Really? And I'll be like, time for dinner. <laughs> After you perform. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. No. I think there's this little, and I don't even know where it comes from. This little like voice in my head, like, don't vomit on stage. <laughs> I've never done it. I've never vomited when I haven't known I was gonna vomit. Yeah, unless you were <laughs> sick or something. Yeah, but like. I just have that thing like, you're going to feel heavy on stage and like, 
feel sick. Whoa. Which is funny because not eating <laughs> is likely to make you feel sick. Yeah. But I don't know what it is that's just like you can't eat before you go on stage. Wow. I don't know what that is. Maybe someone else can relate. <laughs> yeah, maybe. I, I used to hardly ever eat. Yeah. I was really bad with eating. Not about going on stage, but just in general. Yeah. It's like that thing I said to you before. That like breakfast. I, yeah, I'm, I'm just stressed. I want to get this thing done. Yeah. But I would just... I would eat once a day most times. Yeah. When I was in school and stuff. And that was just really bad yeah. in general. I think... I think now that the frequency at which I've perf- I'm performing is increasing... Yeah. I'm starting to get better at eating because it would be impossible. There's no other time. You're like, I have to eat now, otherwise I won't. Yeah, like, because I've started to do... Yeah, now that everything's opened up and hopefully... Yeah. For good. We're getting on the track of opening up. Yeah, it means that... Yeah, I've I've nudged myself out of that space of going, I can't eat before I perform because yeah. I'm performing so many nights that if I were to do that, it would be... Oh, I've got no time to eat at all. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that would be... My gigs are a bit more spaced apart. Yeah, but that means they, you know, they mean... Yeah. They mean a lot. That's why... Yeah, because you're still doing, like, what, 100 gigs? Uh, Have yeah. you passed it yet? Yes. <gasps> yeah, you yeah, passed absolutely. 100 gigs? Yeah, yeah. Well, 100, I should say, it's not <laughs> the <laughs> arms up. Yeah. It's not 100 gigs in total. I've done 100 gigs in total... Ages ago, yeah. I've probably done. I don't actually know what the actual, the real number is. Yeah, it's definitely a few hundred total. Yeah, but I wanted to do one hundred strictly open mic gigs. Yeah, so I I don't count when I do my solo show, and I don't count right. if I'm hosting someone else's gig, and I don't count if I do a a lineup night at a sketch show, and I don't count. Improv Valid Yeah I don't count If I use sound effects I don't count that Oh interesting Yeah so Cause my The reason I did that Is because There's a lot of Comedy courses out there And comedy training Yeah And I thought I I remember having a look at them And going The only Thing I can see In this that seems valuable is that they provide you with like scaffolding to structure your career. Yeah. I'm like, if I can provide that structure for myself, yeah, then I've got the only good thing out of it. Yeah. So I thought my comedy training would be to do a hundred open mics before I decided if I thought I liked stand up. <laughs> Um, which a hundred open mics sounds like a lot, but there are people who do them every night Yeah, for years. So it's not actually, it's not that many, but I yeah. feel like it's enough to be like, do I like doing pure stand up? Yeah or nay? Yes, definitely. And yeah. I think I do like it. Yeah. I think I do like it. And yeah, I just have, because I do sketch stuff with sound effects and also I host stuff. And I do stand yeah. It's like I got a couple of different things going, um, but yeah, the now that I'm do, doing gigs more regularly, I eat more often. Basically, oh, that's good. 
Yeah. That's a, that's a, that's a positive, I guess. That's a more healthy way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> a healthy way to live. I've tried to... I would have a ritual for sure after performing. Like, oh, I've earned myself food and I'd go buy food. Yeah. That was very costly. You are very yeah. good with money. Yes, I am. I, so, when... For breakfast. Yeah. I, so, you had veg, two veg, pieces of veg on toast. Is that uh-huh. your usual go-to breakfast? That is my usual go-to breakfast. I'd say... My f- it's not my favorite kind of breakfast, but it's my autopilot breakfast. Right. What's your favorite? My f- my two favorite things. Yeah. A kind of, it's either a big breakfast. Like of I'll either course. go and buy it, or if I have what's available, I'll make it. So like eggs, bacon. Yeah. Maybe some mushrooms. The classics. Yeah, a bit of uh, I don't know, a bit of lettuce. A or tomato. Tomato. Yeah. <laughs> A sausage, even. Or even. Yeah, if we're going to go that far. <laughs> if we're going to go crazy town. Yeah, so that's a good hearty breakfast that I feel good about eating. And yeah. I don't think anyone ever eats Vegemite on toast and is like, this is fantastic. This is the shit. Yeah, this is the shit. <laughs> this is not just shit, this is the yeah, shit. Yeah, I've died as the shit. <laughs> um, yeah, the other one that I really like... And you know what? This is going back to that idea of disliking things because they're popular. Yeah. For a long time, I didn't even know what this was. I just heard people talking about it and was like, "Well, that's it. I'm never having one." <laughs> and I've changed my mind now because I've had an acai bowl, and you know what? Right. They're fucking delicious. <laughs> I okay. I don't think I've ever had one. Nah, they're great. Like again, you know, they might sound trendy or, you know, unappealing for that reason. <laughs> But they're goddamn yeah. delicious, and they're good for you. Uh, yeah. So, it turns out, though, that... <laughs> oh, my God. I. <laughs> Shall we describe what's describe just happened? What? Describe what? <laughs> so, we're talking about breakfast. That's been like, there's this looming theme that's come in... At, you know, the down moments in the podcast. Coffee sort of, and all, we're yeah. all talking about breakfast kind of oh, thing. We just keep coming back to breakfast. And what's been revealed <laughs> in this middle segment of the car that we're in. We're recording this in a car, by the way. I don't know that that's been explained No, yet, it hasn't. But <laughs> In the centre console. In the centre console, there is a plastic bag with, I believe, frosted flakes. Yeah, frosted flakes. I knew they weren't cornflakes. They are frosties. Frosty flakes. <laughs> you want a bowl? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> so now we've opened up the glove. We've opened up the glove box, and there are two bowls of frosted flakes, each with a spoon in them. <laughs> Oh my god. You've been in my car for a while. I've man. been in your car for a while. This is like the end of Fight Club. When you work out that Tyler Durden's not real and you go back through the movie and think, how did I not notice the clues all along? We've, everything leads back to breakfast in the same way that everything leads back to Brad Pitt. Oh it's, my god. It's the most important meal of the day. It is. And what is it? It's 4.30. I've had my Vegemite toast. I had a sandwich. Yeah. Do you you have them dry? 
I'm not putting milk in my car. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. I'm not pouring milk in my car. Do you want to have some dry? I mean, I, I, I'm not expecting you to. <laughs> They're really just there for a funny prop. Also, I want to say that you brought a breakfast first. Did I? <laughs> Unprompted. <laughs> when did I? What? Listen back. I can't remember. Yeah. Really? But I think you brought up breakfast unprompted, and I was like, all right, going for the kill. We're in. <laughs> we we are we're at like an hour and a bit. An hour and a bit? Yeah, I know. Oh, my we've God. Been talk- we've been yarning for a while. Yarning? Yeah. Oh, my God. What a... <laughs> what a silly conclusion to this... <laughs> To this conversation. Yeah, you can put it back up if you want. You can I'm hide j- them away. I'm just looking at two <laughs> bowls of frosted flakes in the glove box. Uh, wow. That reveal couldn't have gone any better, I don't think. Absolutely, I agree. <laughs> 10 out of 10 for you. I mean, I was, for some reason, expecting two people to be sitting behind us this whole time that just I somehow didn't see. Eating frosted flakes. Yeah. And then, because we're sitting... In a car... It's getting really foggy, too. <laughs> yeah, looking at a park. Oh, no. I was expecting all the people in the park to also have cereal, like paid actors. <laughs> I mean, it would be cool if I did that. It would be very cool. <laughs> It'd be very cool. But I think I, I, I think we'll end it there. Yeah. On that big note. On that. <laughs> Just going to close the glove box back up. <laughs> the two bowls of cereal. In that, but yeah, that, that, that's the podcast, I reckon. Hell yeah. I, I, this was your first podcast you've done. I've never done one before, that's true. Yeah, and welcome to the podcast realm, I guess. Yes, good to be here. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, I guess thank, uh, I'll thank the listeners for cho- tuning I'll thank, thank you listeners for tuning in. Yes, thank uh, you so much. Where, where can we find you, Colin? Where can you find me? Yeah, you your can, social medias? Uh, on, on Instagram, <laughs> I'm at con underscore... Kutis, which is spelled C-O-U-T-I-S. Yes. Uh, that's the main one. That? I'm doing a show at Melbourne Fringe, yes. where set on a cruise ship, where I play all the characters. It's very good. It's called Half Steam Ahead. I'm also going to Sydney Fringe with the same show. Yeah, so if you're in Sydney, go see Half Steam Ahead, please. Please see it. It's a very good show. Yes. And you, you'd want to see it. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think you would. I, I know you sitting yeah. there or standing there. Sitting listening. there on the tram on the 96. On the 96. <laughs> that's the demographic. Oh, one person is very scared. <laughs> yeah. The rest of you, you're off the hook. But yeah, uh, thank you guys for listening. Thank you for coming on the podcast, Con. I appreciate it. I appreciate being here. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, and that's that. I don't, know how, I don't know how to close the. I don't know what I usually say. Uh, okay, bye. 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 Farewell.